We all have this want to leave a mark, and I think it always comes at a cost. As the year is ending, you can kind of look back and say all the things you've accomplished in this year, but also all the things it cost you. Per my last email family, we've got to come up with some like cheeky, cute name for you guys because per my last email peeps or family is really like a mouthful. So if you've got an idea, send it in the DMs. But welcome to episode 18. We are just days, days away from the year ending, us being into two years of this world that is just quite different than 2019. And We are learning how to cope, we are learning how to exist, and we're learning how to live in this new world. And some of it is not pretty, but we are figuring it out, I guess. New Year's is my favorite holiday. In the culture I was brought up in and am, New Year's is like the most important day of the year by far. If you really want to know the story, it was told to me that American Christmas and all of its traditions were stolen from 1500s version of New Year's in the region of the world that is now Russia or Eastern Europe. So we also have a tree. It's just a New Year's tree. We also have a man who looks like what you all would call Santa. Our translation of his name would be Uncle Frost. So there's some like weird crossovers there. He also brings children presents. They open them on New Year's Day in the morning. Like there's a lot of crossovers between American Christmas traditions and New Year's traditions for Eastern Europe. But New Year's is my jam. All of my favorite gifts, all of my favorite memories as a child are wrapped around New Year's. So I am always a happy little camper on New Year's. I wanna talk about two things. This episode is going to be a solo. So strap in for some good old Michaela time. If you aren't prepared to listen to my voice for the next X amount of minutes, go listen to a different episode where I share the mic with someone. But I'm excited actually for this episode. I'm gonna pull from two different things that have kind of happened and um, share my thoughts. I've spent a few weeks kind of compiling them. Earlier in the month, somebody whose career I followed and sort of quietly kept to myself my intent on sort of stalking their career was Virgil. He passed away earlier this month. And what probably not many of you know is Virgil went to IIT, which is the university I went to as well. And he graduated just two years before I got there. So he was doing his master's in architecture when I was starting my undergrad in architecture. And for me, the reason I think I started sort of following Virgil was because he went to architecture school and then wasn't an architect. And as you all know, I've talked about it many times, that transition for me has always been really challenging. And he was somebody in the public eye that literally went to the same teeny tiny little school I went to and made a huge name for himself in something other than architecture while getting a master's in architecture and using the skills that he learned to go do something else and excel at something else while taking some of these skills as sort of learning blocks. The other sort of occurrence that happened is I met with a bunch of other podcast women and we had a conversation about how we could help each other and what we could do to sort of grow each other's communities and help each other grow and also give each other tips kind of along the way that each of us has learned since we were all at different points in our podcast. And 
One of the women asked a really important question, which was, who is the audience of your podcast? And the more I thought about the question, I actually kind of reverted it back for myself and was like, what audience do I want? And more importantly, what does that audience want from me? And I came to the conclusion that I think I started this podcast as a platform to tell our stories. I think in many ways, there really isn't a place where women tell their stories consistently and unfiltered when it comes to their business lives, their work lives, the connection between those lives and their personal lives. And really like just tell the real version of it, not the polished version, not the TEDx version, but like the real version. And so I listened to a few podcasts that did something similar, not specifically geared towards women and not specifically geared towards like the nitty gritty. But I also follow an IG account called Humans of New York. And I think this account does an incredible, incredible job of showing the real story that people in New York go through. And they will sometimes, you know, post six or seven images of the same person to tell the one story, just so there's not so much text under every image. But the reality is, is you can't tell a story with one image and one paragraph under it. We are all far more complex and there are far more details to our stories than one paragraph and one image. And that Instagram account sort of made me realize that the amount of space that we give for people to tell their stories is not enough. Maybe that's just because, you know, we consume information in small tidbits at this point in society. I think that this Instagram account proves that there are hundreds of thousands of people that will read seven paragraphs across seven images to get the full story of one person's experience in one event. And I think this podcast is similar. You know, I'm here to sort of give a platform for others to share their stories and to make sure that they're sharing the real nitty gritty, dirty, funny, idiotic versions of those stories. But I think because that's what people are sharing, it gives all of us a sense of community because we feel seen, right? We understand that when we read that one paragraph under that one image, it's not the full picture. It's a snapshot of the perfect little moment in a picture of mess. And the beauty of a podcast is people can use the intonation in their voice. They can use their words. They can use their sentences to explain the grit and the trouble and the high and the low of every story. With that being said, I think that sharing gives validation to our own existence and our own stories. And so when we listen to everyone else, we realize that ours is okay that it's messy too. And ours is okay that it's not the Instagram reel, right? That there's realness and grit and mess. There's always mess to all of it. After that conversation, I can't actually remember if I had that conversation with those podcast women prior or before, but after Virgil had passed within like 48 hours of that, I went to a vigil for him that was put on by a nonprofit here in Chicago. And it was a small little gathering in a small little room. And it felt very intimate, and I really had no idea what to expect of that experience. But it was led by the owner of this nonprofit, and he made an interesting point that then ties right back into the conversation I was having with these podcast women about their podcasts and who their audiences are. We do this funny thing when we're little. We're, you know, maybe in the fourth grade, I'm sure even older, even in high school, maybe. Now it's a little different. I think the desks are plastic, so it's a little harder, but... 
when we had wooden desks, you would always like see on the underside of them or like somewhere off to the side, somebody would carve, I was here. Sometimes they would write their name and sometimes they would literally just carve, I was here. It's funny because when you're 12, you sort of just like don't think about it. You're like, oh, they were bored in class and didn't want to listen. And so they decided to do that. As an adult looking on it, it's a human trying to leave a mark. It's a human trying to validate and express in a lasting way their own existence. It's the child way of doing it, but it's just as powerful as an adult telling their story. I was here. It's very simple, and yet it's very telling. We all have this want to leave a mark, and I think it always comes at a cost. As the year is ending, you can kind of look back and say all the things you've accomplished in this year but also all the things it costs you, right? No accomplishment comes for free. You don't run a marathon and then get to the finish line and say, wow, my muscles feel great. By the way, I've never run a marathon. I will never run a marathon. I know nothing about marathons, I'm assuming, and what I know from others. When you get to the end of the marathon, your muscles are like dead. Some people can't even get to the end because their muscles start feeling and others have to carry them, which by the way is like, the nicest, most like organic, incredible sign of humanity. You're not well when you get to that finish line sometimes. And so finishing and achieving and succeeding, it comes at a cost, which therefore leads to my point of that, like everything is two-sided. There's duality in everything you do in life. I mean, even the little kid who carved I am here, there's duality in that. They most likely got in trouble if they got caught, right? They made the statement of existence and in the same token, they probably got in trouble for making that statement, which sucks because like they were really just trying to have a voice. But they got in trouble because they did it wrong. Everything has two sides. There's duality in all of it. And I think it's really hard to get to the end of an old year and begin a new year and celebrate the positive without understanding the cost it came at. That's not something we learn as children, for sure, right? We get presents, whether it's Christmas or New Year's or whatever. We celebrate. It's a whole new year, it's positivity, it's all of this. But as adults, we understand the complexity of everything, that there's two sides and that success comes with pain. And I spent a lot of time thinking about what Virgil did in his last few weeks. Now, I don't know, you know, maybe when this episode comes out, it will be public knowledge. Maybe it never will be. I don't know the level of sick on a minute to minute, hour to hour, day by day diagnosis he had. I know that he was battling cancer. I know battling cancer is not easy. I know that it makes you feel like absolute garbage, but I don't know his diagnosis and therefore I don't know, you know, his situation on a daily or hourly basis. But what I think is so interesting is that Virgil basically worked until the day he died and beyond. There was a show that he put on after death, basically, at Art Basel about a week after his passing. And I understand, you know, he's got a team. Everybody was prepped for this whether it was this month or in two months or two months prior, I'm sure that there were systems in place to deal with this. But the man worked. The man never gave this inkling that his creating wasn't the very thing keeping him going. We really didn't know he was ill. There has been a history of that in general, specifically with Black men over the last year, that the population doesn't know they're sick. And maybe that's a conversation to have elsewhere, but... Specifically, what is interesting to me and something that we've talked about and I've talked about on the podcast is 
I'm not going to speak for everyone, but myself specific, I am at my best when I'm creating. Even in my darkest hours, even when I was cleaning up my father's disaster of an estate after he passed away, and I basically gave two years of my life to cleaning that up and making sure my sister and I were financially stable and not in close to a million dollars of debt. Something about creating that success and creating that portfolio and creating the condo I built in Belize, that kept me going. Because on the reverse of that, I was in therapy once a week, bawling my eyes out because I really hated my father. I hated him. But it's two-sided. Everything we do is two-sided. I'm saving his quote-unquote legacy, although I've stamped my name on it and now have said it's mine. And on the same token, I'm sitting in a therapist's office screaming my head off because I hate him and what he did to me. For me, creating has always been the saving grace. And again, maybe this is why I have followed Virgil, because to me it felt like for him it was similar. And knowing that he was creating till his last day sort of gives me that sense that I too, in the darkest moment, have an ability to create. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't have to be as crazy as building a condo in Belize and selling everything and doing all this crazy. It does not need to be that crazy. It could be as simple as baking a pie. It could be as simple as crocheting. It could be as simple as building a bench. It could be as simple as making a bouquet of flowers. If you think about your friends, You know exactly what friends do what to create. My best friend bakes pies. (laughs) She also likes to build things, but she really likes to bake pies. I change it up all the time. It depends on my mood and what my feelings are at the moment. Sometimes I'm creating business plans. Sometimes I'm creating recipes. Sometimes I'm creating homes. Sometimes I'm creating paintings. I'm creating different things depending on where I am in my life, but I'm creating nonetheless. To create and die simultaneously is very interesting. It also feels exactly like a new year to me. Maybe no one understands what the hell I'm talking about, and that's fair. But when one year ends, you evaluate everything you've created. And the year dies. And then you look forward to the new year and all the new things you're going to create then. But you're looking towards the new creation with understanding that you're putting an old year to bed, and it's dead. And you're doing this at the same time. You're running the marathon, and your muscles are sore at the same time. It's almost like the pursuit of life doesn't have to stop just because death is scheduled. You don't stop making plans for the new year because the old year ended. You don't stop the business you started in the old year because it ended. You continue it into the new year. You continue life even though one chapter ends and another begins. It all comes back full circle. I started this podcast to give us places to tell our stories. And our stories end and re-begin and start new and reinvent themselves 8,000 million times. But we don't die. We evolve and we keep living and we change. And the people that we allow into our lives are the people that allow us to grow. And that's all I want for this podcast. I want it to be a place where you all share your stories and every so often I get to share mine and we allow it to be a place that we support each other in and more importantly, We allow each other to grow into who we are going to be, knowing who we were before. I hope you all have an amazing New Year's. I hope you all have all the shots and all the drinks and whether they're mocktails or real cocktails or apple juice for all I care. I hope you celebrate with the people that you love, whether it's you figured out you love them 
20 minutes prior, or you figured out that you love them 10 years prior, or you figured out that you love them at first sight about six seconds before the New Year's countdown begins. I hope you celebrate with those people, and I cannot wait to see you in the new year. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or I thoroughly annoyed you enough that you feel like you have to come back for more, please go subscribe, rate us, send a review, and share us on social. You sharing us means all of our struggles don't have to be in silence anymore, and it means we all have a voice. Most importantly, it means I get to keep making episodes. So please, go share. 